episode number 175 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today, it's Sunday afternoon here. I don't think there's really any other place to start other than with the Alexi Lafreniere sweepstakes. And, of course, by being swept, the Rangers were the first team to officially enter the Lafreniere sweepstakes. And they have since been joined by the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Florida Panthers, the Edmonton Oilers, the Nashville Predators, the Minnesota Wild, and the Winnipeg Jets. All the teams that have been eliminated from the qualifying round of the playoffs. And, of course, later tonight, we've got Game 5 between the Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs. And whomever loses that game will join the Rangers and those other six teams in having a 1-8 chance at the number 1 overall pick. That game, by the way, uh, Blue Jackets versus Leafs, that will be appointment television because that series has just been crazy. I don't know how much you guys watch the other playoff series besides the Rangers, but if you haven't had a chance to check out Blue Jackets, Maple Leafs, uh, definitely check out game five tonight. Each team in this series is rallied out of a three-goal hole to come back and win a game. And if anyone caught game four, just some of the craziest stuff you will ever see. The Maple Leafs down by three goals with their season on the line and four minutes to go, and they score three times to send it to overtime, and they win it in overtime. And that's why you know, anytime the Rangers are, you know, losing a game late, you guys never hear me say that a game is over because you never know when something like that can happen. I mean, yes, it's very rare. It's not something that obviously has a good chance of happening, but these are professional hockey players. I mean, these guys can go off for three goals in four minutes. It does happen every once in a while. And so that's why, to me, you know, a game is never over. But be that as it may, we will have an excellent game five tonight. Whoever loses that game will join the Rangers and those other six teams at having a one in eight chance of getting Alexi Lafreniere. And as I said before, I don't think real fans root against their team. You know, the Rangers, they had this best-of-five series against the Carolina Hurricanes. It obviously did not go their way, but there's no chance I was going to go into this series rooting for the Rangers to lose just to have a 1-8 in chance at getting Alexi Lafreniere. However, now that it has happened and now that the Rangers have indeed been eliminated, this would be quite the consolation prize. And by all means, if you're a Ranger fan, which I assume most of you are, Root for the Rangers to win this draft lottery. I mean, there's nothing else to root for at this point as it pertains to the Rangers. Do whatever superstitious rituals you got to do to make sure the Rangers end up picking first in this draft. Like I said, just a 1-8 in eight chance, but hey, maybe it happens. You know, maybe the Rangers just get lucky, and so one year after taking Capo Caco with the number two overall pick, they'll get a chance to take Lafreniere with the number one overall pick. And I do have to throw this out there as well. How bad is it going to be? if the Penguins end up with the number one overall pick because, you know, they just suffered a pretty surprising, borderline embarrassing loss to the Canadians. I don't really want to call it embarrassing because, you know, the Canadians, they are a professional hockey team. I think by most accounts, they underachieved this year. And so they found a way into the playoffs by way of this 24 team structure, but they were not a good team this regular season. And obviously that's a pretty big upset, them taking out the Penguins. But 
it really would be unfortunate to see the Penguins then win this draft lottery and end up taking Lafreniere. They get yet a number one overall pick all these years after taking Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in back-to-back years with the number one overall pick. That's pretty much a worst-case scenario, uh, A, because it's the Penguins, and B, because obviously they are a division rival of the Rangers. And so, yeah, we don't need to be playing against Alexi Lafreniere uh, for the next 15 or 20 years or whatever it might be. But we'll see what happens. Really, all we can do right now is just kind of keep our fingers crossed. Again, it's a 1-8 in eight chance, and you just hope that it comes up Rangers because it would be a sweet, sweet sight to see that Ranger logo pop up on Monday night. The draft, for anyone who may not be aware of it, the draft lottery Monday night will be happening at 6 p.m., and... You just have to keep your fingers crossed. That's all we can really do at this point. It's completely out of everyone's hands, and you just hope that it comes up Rangers. And, you know, I mentioned briefly there that the Rangers, you know, they obviously took Capo Caco with the number two overall pick last year. So to get the number one pick this year, that would be quite the coup. But not only that, that would be the exact perfect way to do it as opposed to getting the number one pick last year and the number two pick this year. And here's why. Going into last year's draft, the general consensus is that Hughes and Kako were head and shoulders above everybody else. So you really wanted to get one of those first two picks. Most analysts, most experts kind of had them as pretty even. I think maybe there was slight favoritism given toward Hughes, but bottom line, it was 1-1A one last year. And so if you pick in the first two, you're going to come away from it happy. You're going to get one of these players that could go on to easily become a superstar in this league. So the Rangers picking second, I mean, I think they pretty much said, we're just going to take whichever player the Devils do not take. That ends up being Capo Caco. And I think the Rangers will be very happy that they did that, you know, years from now when Caco gets a chance to develop his game a little bit, continue to improve at the NHL level. Uh, he looked very good in the playoffs, and you just hope that he can pick up kind of where he left off when next season starts. But that was the year to pick number two, because either way, you were a great player. They were very comparable, Hughes and Kako. But this year, you want to be picking number one overall. I mean, number two is great. Don't get me wrong. The Kings pick number two, and I'm sure they'll come up with a great player. But by all accounts, Lafreniere is just head and shoulders above the rest of this draft class. They are calling him a generational talent, and it's not really that hard to see why everybody has basically just been raving about him. He's got a lethal shot. He's got size. He's got strength. He's a great competitor. He puts up just ridiculous video game numbers. He has played 173 career regular season games in the QMJHL, and in those 173 games, all he's done is score 114 goals and 183 assists for a total of 297 points. Yes, you heard that right. He has 297 points in 173 career regular season games. That is 1.72 points per game, and we talk about point-per-game players and how that's kind of a milestone at the NHL, you kind of know you made it. If you become a point-per-game player in the NHL, first of all, that's a tremendous accomplishment. And second, you're in that top tier of players in this league. I mean, you are no joke. You are a great, great hockey player if you're putting up a point-per-game at the NHL. And, you know, it's fair to point out that Lafreniere has done this in the QMJHL and not the NHL. That is true, but I don't care because if you put up 1.72 points per game at any level of hockey, that is extremely impressive, and that should give everyone an idea of why Lafreniere is so highly regarded and why he's basically a lock to be taken first overall by whomever wins this lottery.
And just to toss a couple more Lafreniere stats at you guys, in 20 playoff games in the QMJHL, he has 13 goals and 17 assists. So that would lead you to believe that he's also a big game player on top of just putting up these crazy stats in the QMJHL. And if you need any further proof, he led Canada to the gold in the World Juniors this past year, four goals and six assists in just five games. Back in 2018, he also led Canada's HG18 squad to the gold while scoring five goals and dishing out six assists in just five games. So the kid can do it all. And for the team that wins this lottery, the general manager of that NHL team will never have an easier decision to make for as long as he lives. You're taking Lafreniere with the number one overall pick. End of story. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we are on day four here of the Rangers being eliminated for the playoffs. And one other aspect that I just wanted to talk about a little bit here, and it's one of those things, I think deep down everybody is aware of this fact, but maybe it just doesn't sink in right away. It's always sad when your team gets eliminated from the playoffs, even if it's a season like this with the Rangers not really expected to. I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought they would at least beat the Hurricanes, but I don't know how many people had them going on an epic run to the Stanley Cup and lifting the trophy. I would never say it's impossible, but to think that they're like one of the favorites of the entire 2014 bunch, that's probably a bridge too far. But one of the other things that always kind of makes it sad when a season ends is that you know for sure that some of the players who were on the team this year are not going to be back next year. And the Rangers have eight free agents going into next season. You've got two unrestricted free agents. They are Jesper Faust and Greg McKaig. And then you've got six restricted free agents, Ryan Strom, Alex Georgiev, Tony D'Angelo, Brian Lemieux, Philip DiGiuseppe, and Michael Haley. And we will get to this entire bunch in a separate episode. Months and months ago, I actually took a look at these eight players because they were going to be free agents after this season. And I thought it might be nice just to look ahead. So you can go back and catch those episodes if you'd like. But we will eventually, probably later this week, re-examine the cases for all eight of these guys, whether or not they will be back with the Rangers next year, who should be the top priorities for the Rangers as far as who needs to be back, who do they really need to re-sign to this team and not let them get away, and who they can afford to let walk. And it's always tough this time of the year because you do know for a fact that some of these players are not going to be back. And I mean, you take a guy like Jesper Foss, for example, he's an unrestricted free agent. And I think the Rangers certainly will do their part to at least try to bring him back. I think they really like him. He's a guy who's a tone setter. He's a guy who is not going to let his teammates fall asleep. He battles for the puck in the corner. He goes to the dirty part of the rinks. And 
this year kind of evolving into a top six forward because, and you know, we talked about this too. It does help that he's playing on the same line with Artemi Panarin, but Jesper Foss held his own out there with Panarin and Ryan Strom this season and came away with a career high in points. And I think definitely losing him early against the Hurricanes did not do the Rangers any favors. I think if Foss was healthy, I don't really think the Rangers would have won the series anyway, but he would have helped their cause for sure because he's one of those guys that just does a great job setting the tone. And the fact that he's now an unrestricted free agent, there could be teams in the market for a player like Jesper Foss, a guy who's going to you know hold his teammates accountable and just bust his tail every single shift, and just a guy who's versatile, a guy you can plug into any line in the lineup, and he doesn't ever really feel out of place. So Jesper Foss, it'll be interesting to see how his market develops. I think certainly the Rangers uh, will at least try to bring him back, but if you're Jesper Faust and somebody is offering you more than the Rangers, uh, listen, it's a business. We've talked about that a million times. He has every right to take an offer from another team. I would love to see Jesper Faust back. He's one of my favorite players. And, you know, again, really, really cool this year to see him kind of develop into that top six forward role. So I think it would be tough for most Ranger fans to see Jesper Foss get away. It could happen. And then there's players like, you know, Greg McKaig is the other unrestricted free agent. Look, I think Greg McKaig actually played pretty well in that playoff series against the Hurricanes. I thought he worked hard. He even created a couple of scoring opportunities. He was, uh, you know, winning a couple of puck battles as well. If he leaves in free agency, I don't think it's going to keep too many of us up at night because I just don't know what the upside is with Greg McKaig at this point. You know, he's he is what he is. He's a fourth-line player. He's somebody who will do all the things that I just mentioned, but he's not somebody who's suddenly going to explode for 20 goals next season. I think we can all agree on that. That's probably not going to happen with Greg McKaig, but it is a bummer. You know, like, I mean, McKaig, like I said, I think he played well in that playoff series, and hockey is very unique because you need contributions from everybody up and down the lineup. Everybody's going to play. Everybody who dresses on game night, with the exception of the backup goalie, is going to be on the ice, and they're going to have a say in whether or not you win or lose the game. And the Rangers, obviously, they had that second-half surge. Greg McKaig played a role in that. I mean, I don't think he was, like, the reason that it happened. In fact, I know he's not the main reason why it happened. But everybody had a hand in the Rangers turning their season around and fighting their way into the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, Greg McKaig, if he or someone like him for the Rangers leaves in free agency, you know, it's going to be a little bit sad. And it's going to be unfortunate to see him playing somewhere else next year. You just hope he doesn't end up on a team like the Islanders or the Flyers or the Penguins, one of these teams that the Rangers, you know, compete so fiercely against every season. Uh, but, yeah, always kind of a bummer to see somebody – uh, leave town, even if they're not the best player, you know, because again, everybody has a hand in what the Rangers did this season. And what the Rangers did was exceed expectations and make the playoffs when everybody pretty much left them for, for dead. And like I said, we will eventually later this week take a look at all of the Rangers free agents restricted and unrestricted and just try to figure out who's going to be back, who should be back, who might move on, who maybe the Rangers are even better moving on from. We'll dive into all that good stuff. But for today, this is kind of leading me to my bigger point here. And that is asking the question of who is definitely going to be here for the long term for the Rangers? Who is definitely going to be on the Rangers for years to come? Because, you know, the season ends, and again, it, it ended four days ago. You kind of start looking at the future like, all right, what's this team going to look like in one year? What's this team going to look like in two years? What's this team going to look like in five years? Who's still going to be around? Who's still going to be a key contributor for the New York Rangers? And the list of players who are pretty much locks to stick around long term it's not quite as long as you might think. And we can start with Artemi Panarin. And really, I mean, what else is there to say about Breadman at this point? I mean, just an incredible first year in New York with expectations being sky high. He is locked up until 2026. He is not going anywhere. 
You can also throw out Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is clearly going to be a big part of this team for many years to come. He's going to be around. He signed a new deal right on deadline day this season, and his contract will not expire until 2027. So he is under contract longer than anybody else on the Rangers. And to me, it's great to see the Rangers commit to one of their own veterans. I say veteran, you know, he's still just 29, but he's someone who can provide that veteran leadership going forward. And I know the Rangers have been rebuilding and getting younger these last couple of years, but you got to have at least a couple of vets in the locker room. That's something we've talked about on here before, and I like Chris Kreider to be one of the leaders on this team for many years going forward. He's obviously going to be around. you got to figure the Rangers are also going to hang on to Igor Shesterkin. I think that pretty much goes without saying. He looks like he can absolutely uh, play the role of franchise goalie for this team for many years to come. Mika Zibanejad. Now with Mika, his contract expires not after next season, but the season after next season. And you got to figure the Rangers probably already, you know, Coming up with some ideas of how to lock him up long term, he had just an absolutely phenomenal season this past year. He led the entire league in goals scored per game. Just absolutely a phenomenal campaign by any metric, any stat, any eye test you want to go with. Mika Zibanejad was fantastic for the Rangers. And one of those players just keeps getting better and better and better. Every year that he's been on the Rangers, he's gotten better than the year before. So hopefully he continues that trend next season. I mean, he's set the bar quite high for himself, but he certainly seems capable of doing it. And so you got to figure the Rangers are going to do everything they can to keep him with the Rangers for many years to come. You might think that Jacob Truba could be a lock to be with the Rangers for a lot of years going forward. His contract is not set to expire until 2026. That's tied with Artemi Panarin for Rangers signed the second longest on the team and just behind Chris Kreider. But there were actually some rumors this season. I don't think this really ever picked up any steam, but at least a couple of whispers about, oh, maybe the Rangers might look to flip Jacob Trua, which I don't know how that would even work because he at the time was still kind of getting his feet wet in New York just a little bit. I think he was not playing at the top of his game. So I don't know how much of a market there would have been for him right at that time. But I do like Jacob Trouba to go on to be a very good player for the Rangers. Um, he had that one miscue against the Canes in Game 3, where Sebastian Ajo stole the puck from him, went in and scored. That was kind of the backbreaker for the Rangers. But overall, I thought throughout the series, Truba may be the most consistent Ranger defenseman. I don't think he was phenomenal or anything like that, but he definitely played physical. I thought overall, it uh, seemed like he had a good head on his shoulders for these playoffs. I think he turned in uh, a fairly strong performance, if unspectacular. Then you've got some guys that clearly have some upside, although maybe they're not quite all the way there yet for the Rangers, and those are guys like Philip Hedl, Julian Gauthier. Uh, clearly, they have some skills. They've shown flashes of it, but they are yet to reach their full potential, both still very young. Um, are they going to be here for the long term? It's hard to say for sure. They both are restricted free agents going into the 2021-2022 season. So there are going to still be some decisions to be made. Who among these players is going to get locked up long term? Who are guys that are just kind of placeholders. You know, you look at a guy like Pavel Buchnevich, he's going to be a free agent after next season as well. And he's another example of a player the Rangers could really kind of go either way. He signed that bridge contract, a two-year deal coming into this year. But do the Rangers anticipate him continuing to grow, continuing to get better? Does Pavel Buchnevich become a fixture, a true pillar of this New York Ranger team going forward? Or is he just kind of keeping somebody else's seat warm? Is he just kind of there to play the role on the top line 
for the Rangers in the short term until they feel like somebody else is ready to step into that role, whether that's Julian Gauthier, whether that's somebody that they draft this year, whether that's somebody that they bring in via free agency or bring in via trade. Uh, only time is going to tell, but it really is crazy, and I don't think this is really that uncommon to tell you the truth, but it's crazy when you look up and down the Ranger lineup and you start to realize there aren't that many people that are kind of locks to be here for the long term. That's just kind of the nature of the beast in the NHL. I do think Adam Fox, certainly he's somebody who the Rangers would love to keep around for many, many years to come. Fox is not set to become a restricted free agent until... 2022, 2023. So they got some time there with Fox. And I would imagine, you know, by then, hopefully Fox continues to develop and the Rangers hammer out a new contract with him to keep him in the fold for many, many years. And speaking of Adam Fox, how about his partner in crime, so to speak? You've got Ryan Lindgren, and he's somebody who certainly showed well for the Rangers this season, a guy who could become a fixture on their blue line for many, many years to come. But he himself will be a restricted free agent going into the 2021-2022 seasons. Certainly, you got to think Capo Caco is going to be in the fold as well. I mean, he's a restricted free agent going into 2022-2023, but when teams Take somebody with the first or second or third overall pick. You got to figure they're not going to let them get away. The Rangers will have some kind of a financial plan in place to make sure that Kako sticks with the Rangers uh, definitely very much for the long term. The Rangers, I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done as far as figuring out who's going to be here in the short term, but who's going to be here in the long term? Who are we really going to build around besides the obvious guys like Panarin, like Zibanejad, like Kreider, like Shesterkin? Beyond that, I mean, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, Truba's signed long term as well, but the Rangers obviously still kind of putting the pieces of this puzzle together. The rebuild is ahead of schedule, but it is definitely ongoing, and Rangers going to have some tough decisions to make in this offseason. There is no doubt about it. One last thing I thought we could do here for the day before we wrap up is try to figure out a team to root for in the Stanley Cup playoffs the rest of the way. Who should Ranger fans be pulling for? I'm not talking about like, well, if this team beats that team, but that team loses to this team, then the Rangers move up one spot in the draft. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about one team that we can all collectively kind of get behind a little bit and just kind of pull for in the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And there might be some people hearing this who say, oh, well, you know, if the Rangers are out, I don't really care. And I hear you. You know, certainly I think any Ranger fan, if the Rangers get knocked out of the playoffs, the interest level is going to decrease at least a little bit. But I know there's also people like me. You're just hockey fans. You love the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, you want the Rangers to be in it. But even if the Rangers are out of it, you're still going to watch these games, maybe pull for one team or another. So the team that I'm kind of going to be rooting for in the playoffs, I think, is going to be the Arizona Coyotes the rest of the way. Uh, they kind of stand out for me because they're an underdog team. I mean, they tend not to make the playoffs. You had that really weird situation with the general manager just kind of quitting out of nowhere. Uh, they're an exciting team. They're very good on the rush. And in fact, them and the Avalanche can both fly. So they're going to be playing each other, and that could be a very exciting series, Avalanche against Coyotes in the uh, round of 16. But the biggest reason I'm rooting for the Coyotes is quite simple, and that's just the fact that they have three former Rangers on their team. You've got Derek Stepan, you've got Michael Grabner, and you've got Antti Ranta. Now, Ranta has not played in these playoffs. Darcy Kemper has just had a fantastic season for the Coyotes, and he's been the man, but Ranta's still there. Ranta was actually injured uh, during warm-ups before, I believe it was game two, and deemed unfit to play. So we'll wait and see if he's ready to go for the next series. Again, they're going to be playing the Avalanche. It's possible he could see the ice at some point. 
then you've got Derek Stepan. And, I mean, what Ranger fan doesn't like Derek Stepan? I mean, come on. He's a great player for the Rangers for a lot of years. And whenever his name is mentioned, the first memory that always comes back into my head is him scoring off of a rebound in Game 7 uh, during overtime against the Capitals in 2015. But just a guy who was a rock-solid player during his time with the Rangers, occasionally even centering the top line. He's in a top-six role for the Coyotes as well. Just plays his heart out. You really got to like Derek Stepan. And he's contributed as well. He's got three assists in the Coyotes' first four games. And he also, he didn't get an assist for this, but he probably should have. He set up a screen that allowed the Coyotes to score a big goal in Game 4. I believe that was the one that put them on top in the third period. The Predators tied it. It went to overtime time and the Coyotes won it. So Derek Stepan contributing to the Coyotes, kind of an upstart team. And then, of course, Michael Grabner. Uh, not with the Rangers for very long, but a very exciting player when he was there. The guy could just absolutely fly. He seems to have this knack for scoring shorthanded goals because you know, first of all, he kills penalties, and then he tends to get behind the defense. He can just explode right by it if you're not ready for it. So, yeah, Grabner, a cool player as well, and he has also scored two goals in the four games that it took for the Coyotes to eliminate the Predators. So, three very, very likable former Rangers on the Coyotes. That's reason enough for me to pull for them at least a little bit. As far as other teams, maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning I could pull for a little bit. I mean, I, it could be interesting to see them kind of break through. There's a lot of teams in the NHL right now that are kind of getting that label of, oh, well, they're great regular season teams. And I don't think there's a single team that epitomizes that any more than the Tampa Bay Lightning do right now, because obviously you had that record-setting regular season last year, and then they get swept out of the playoffs by the Columbus Blue Jackets. But it could be interesting to see one of those teams that's kind of been knocking on the door uh, kind of finally kick it in. Maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning do that. And plus, they still have Ryan McDonough. And again, if you're a Ranger fan, you probably have a lot of good memories of Ryan McDonough as well. And so, hey, if he lifts the Stanley Cup, that'd be pretty cool to see as well. I could also maybe see myself rooting for the winner of Leafs and Blue Jackets tonight. And again, check out that game. Watch that game. It's going to be fantastic. It's just been an absolutely wild series. If you love hockey, uh, you're definitely going to like what you see tonight. And certainly the Blue Jackets, a team that I could root for. Maybe the Leafs a little bit, but especially the Blue Jackets. Just kind of a hardworking team. You know, they lose Sergei Bobrovsky and obviously Artemi Panarin in freak agency. And they just keep plugging along. You know, they get their way back into the playoffs. It's just a team that kind of prides itself on outworking the opposition. They don't score a ton of goals typically, but... They just play sound, fundamental hockey, and they work hard. And when John Tortorella is your head coach, that's kind of in the job description. You're just going to have to outwork everybody out there. So, yeah, maybe the Blue Jackets. I could see myself rooting for them if they get by the Leafs tonight. You go to the Western Conference. I mean, I kind of like the Flames. They've got some exciting players. Um, the Canucks, they're kind of an upstart team. They're another team that kind of like the Rangers, where I think their rebuild is a little bit ahead of schedule. And they've exceeded expectations this year, so they could be a fun team to root for as well. Um, the Avalanche, obviously, they're a very exciting team, although they're playing the Coyotes, so they obviously can't both win. But those are just some teams I figured I would toss out for. I, I think right now I'm going to stick with the Coyotes. But as far as figuring out teams to root against, this is where it gets fun. And basically, it's about half the Eastern Conference. I mean, I don't think any of us are going to be rooting for the Bruins. I don't think anybody's going to be rooting for the Flyers. Certainly, if the Penguins were still in it, nobody would be rooting for them that cheers for the Rangers. Um, the Flyers, I don't think there's any love lost there. Nobody's really going to be pulling for them to win. The Caps, like, it's weird with the Caps for me because as much as the Rangers played them in the playoffs and as intense as those series could get, I never found myself hating the Capitals the way that, you know, you can grow to really, really despise another team. I, it never got to that level for me. Um, they're whatever. I mean, they won it two years ago. They don't need to win it again. So let's not root for the Caps, at least not to win the whole thing. Um, 
the Islanders. I mean, we're not going to root for the Islanders. I think that's pretty obvious. I already mentioned the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Maybe if one of those teams wins, you can pull for them a little bit. The Canadians, I mean, they're going to be playing the Flyers, so I guess I would have to root for the Canadians again in this series, but I don't want to see one of these 12 teams win the Stanley Cup, the 12 seeds, because the Canadians as a 12 seed beat the five-seeded Penguins. The Blackhawks as the 12 seed beat the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers, and that's cool and everything, but I don't think we need to see a team like the Canadians, for example, 31-31-9, and so basically 31-40, and 31 wins, 40 losses, and the Blackhawks, 32-30-8, uh, and eight, so basically 32-38. and 38. I don't think we need to be seeing a team that lost more games than it won uh, lift the Stanley Cup, although it's 2020, so basically that's probably exactly what's going to happen, and in fact, those two teams will probably end up meeting each other in the Stanley Cup Finals, but the other thing with the Blackhawks, They've won the Stanley Cup enough times recently, and I don't really have anything against the Blackhawks, but overall, I'm not going to be rooting for them to, to go all the way, I don't think. So, I don't know. I guess go Coyotes. I mean, they do have those three former Rangers that I like a lot. I'm sure a lot of you guys are big fans of those guys as well. So, yeah, that's going to be the team for me, at least until they lose or do, in fact, win the Stanley Cup. And one other thing that I got to mention real quick here right at the end is definitely you guys reach out and let me know if you would like to hear me talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs because obviously they are still ongoing. The qualifying round will end tonight. We'll be into the first round or what I'm calling the round of 16 to avoid confusion because to me the qualifying round is the first round. But be that as it may, we're going to be to the round of 16. There's going to be 16 teams left standings. Obviously, if a former Ranger does something big, like if somebody gets a hat trick or, you know, Cam Talbot's been playing for the Flames, that's another reason to root for the Flames. You got Cam Talbot between the pipes. If he has a shutout, you know, obviously I'll mention things like that. But if you guys want me to talk a little bit about the playoffs, make predictions, all that stuff, uh, just reach out and let me know. And the way to do that is you send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well. You can always DM me on there at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.